0: You are listening to Chilling Grace, the lifestyle podcast for women disrupting the norm by chilling in their truth and gracefully inspiring others to do the same. As a certified coach who works with successful women to disrupt the norm by trusting themselves with what they want for their life, it's always been super important for me to showcase women doing just this. We all deserve to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, and to know we aren't alone when what we want for our life may seem too big, too different, or too weird. Thank you for tuning in, and let's get to it. Welcome to Episode 9 of Chill and Grace. I am Holly Crevo, and thank you for tuning in. So it is April 9th today, and if you do not know me or if this is your first time for the podcast, first of all, welcome, um, but I am broadcasting from Stavanger, Norway, And we have been under restrictions here for about a full month for COVID-19. And I'm sure many of you have been under the restrictions that same amount of time. Um, It seems like a million years ago, and it also seems like yesterday that this all kind of started happening. Um, I was reading a book earlier, and it was so funny. They talked about going to this restaurant, and this book is, you know, 20 years old, and I was like, oh, I wonder if there's other people there. It was just funny how my mind shifted of, oh, how wouldn't that be nice to go to a restaurant? Um, Funny how our minds can change so quickly. Um, But on my blog earlier this week, I wrote about how we really need to show ourselves grace during this time, which includes not defending how we are handling the stress, the fear, the anxiety that COVID-19 has brought into our lives. This includes not defending, um, defending our decisions and our actions to our friends, to our families, to our partners, and the big one is to ourselves. Um, We shouldn't know how to navigate this situation. It's a worldwide pandemic. This is a new territory for all of us, and I just want to say, however you are coping with this, I am rooting for you, and I am a work in progress during all this. Yesterday, I went for a run, a bike ride, did some work, talked to some friends. Um, I felt really good yesterday, got some work done I needed, and today I am recording this in my PJs with no plans to get out of them. And also trying to just get done what the bare minimum I need to get done to feel like I'm moving forward. And that is okay. Um, Really allowing yourself this space. It's not always easy, especially for a go-getter like you are. It's hard to kind of slow down and not do Go with the capacity you always have been. You may feel some guilt and judgment when you aren't at your prime, but please, please remember, show yourself in grace and do what you need to do. Like I said, for me, this is making sure this podcast gets delivered to you, and then I'm probably just going to read and hang out um, and just kind of relax and chill. So for me, it, personally, it's a mix of feeling that I am working and doing what I need to do to feel good about um being productive, but also kind of realizing you want to need to pull back or shut down. Um, I encourage you to check out the full blog at hollycrivo.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-K-R-I-V-O.com. And while you're there, please sign up for my Rise and Shine email list. It's a weekly email that goes out on Thursday morning full of valuable insight, actionable items, so that you can really continue to shine in your life. I am so excited to share Jessica's story with you today on this podcast. So I met Jessica in Austin about eight years ago when we both volunteered at a nonprofit together. And when I met her, she was just living her best life. She had moved to Austin from Miami. She had a great job, great friend group, was just doing everything that society told her she should do. What I didn't know is that inside, she had really struggled for a long time with what she thought life had told her what she was supposed to do and what she internally wanted to do. She was checking off the boxes, getting the degree, getting the job, getting the house, the nice car, but she always felt inside her there was something more to do that she wanted for her life. Um, she talks about how in 2007 she helped out with some Hurricane Katrina relief, and that was kind of really started this decision making process for her of what else do I want for my life and how do I honor that. So in 2017, she lived a very great life to chase that voice in her heart, telling her it was time to travel the world. Since 2017, she's lived in over 20 countries and explored more than 30, with no real plans on what's next, so I'm sure that number will increase. We talk a lot in this episode about how self-awareness is key when making a big decision and why she chose to leave a life in the States, even though everything on paper was going well, but she really wanted something more, and how really the theme to her adventure is shedding the extra baggage we all carry, both literally and metaphorically. So I hope you enjoy today's episode, and I will catch you on the other side. Jessica, welcome to my podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So tell everybody where you're calling in from. I'm calling in from dreary istanbul turkey today
0: Oh goodness you guys have that dreary weather as well
1: yeah it's been um it's been like foggy and misty for like three day or four three or four days
0: that makes it a little tougher yeah. probably to be second side <laughs> as well
1: sometimes i don't know sometimes i'm like well if it's sunny outside maybe i'd rather be out running around but right it's like it looks like it's snowing it's not but it just looks like that Yeah. Um,
0: Well, I, um, I gave our listeners really kind of a high level overview earlier about why it was important for me to have you on here today, talking about how you kind of left a really great life successful corporate America job to travel the world. And I'm sure a lot of people are listening to that and saying, Oh, my gosh, that's like my dream. I want to do that. So it'll be (laughs) great to hear what it's really like. I think we're all old enough and have been around a block enough to know that everything's not as easy as it may seem. So yes, I'm super looking forward to kind of talking to your journey and how it took so much trust in what you wanted for your life and really kind of tuning out expectations of other people's and really kind of creating a solid plan for you to do this. So
1: thank you so much yeah. for sharing your story with us. Sure, sure. So do you want me to just get started? Yeah, just
0: let me, like, maybe, <laughs> yeah let's do it. So maybe, you know, even just talking about growing up, what kind of like what was important to you growing up and backstory and we'll get into the nitty gritty.
1: Yeah. I mean, I grew up, um, I grew up with a single mom and I was, um, a lot with, I was with my grandparents a lot. And I guess like, um, I always had this kind of like, my mom worked in a job for so many years that she didn't, she didn't like. And it sort of instilled this thing in me where I was like, I'm not going to, I, I don't want that for my life. Like if I don't like something, I wanna, I wanna change it. I don't want to just be be unhappy and feel like forced into a situation. Um, so I'm sure some of that stuff sort of like pushed me <laughs> into <laughs> into just being where I am today. But um, you know, I did the normal stuff. Like school was important. I was you know, I, you're supposed to get an education. You're supposed to go to school. You're supposed to get married. You're supposed to have kids. You're supposed to have a fancy job and a fancy car and a fancy house. And, you know, I lived in Miami for, for many years after college and, um, definitely, uh, fell into that routine a little bit. And, um, and for sure my mindset now is completely different than, than what it was at that time. Um, I would say, like moving once I moved to Austin, Texas in like uh, 2012. Actually, I met a lot of people who were doing freelancing and who just had more of a, like a, a free spirit um, in life, and and I I really started like um, to think more about that lifestyle for myself. Like, could I freelance? What were my creative strengths and Um, and how could I use the skills that I already had to, to kind of do something different?
0: Oh yeah. That makes total sense. So you, um, you went to school in Miami, is that correct? You went to college in Miami?
1: I did. I grew up in Florida and then I went to college in Miami and I ended up staying in that area for 13 years. Um, I, I, I lived there two times for a total of 13 years. Um. Yeah. So also I would say, um, like from a change perspective, I, I have, um, sorry, I get like, I feel like I kind of got like off track. (laughs) Oh, no, you're fine. Um. Okay. So I was just, yeah, I was going to say that, you know, like, um, when I was living in, in Miami, I used to work for, for, I worked for Starwood hotels and for W and, um, when I was working at, the, actually the Sheraton in Miami, they sent me to, um, to New Orleans to help with hurricane Katrina. Um, and so that was 2007. And that was definitely like a big change for me because I met all these people who had essentially lost sort of everything that they had. And, and they were very, um, The things they cared most about were the the family photos the heirlooms the things that they couldn't they couldn't get back and it just i don't know it was like this sort of it started the journey for me of this eye-opening process about like what's important in life and what do i care about in life and i just remember one day sort of waking up and being like hey uh you know i did all that stuff i got my master's degree i I was working in, like you said, a corporate job all those years. Um, I did human resources for for 20 years between uh, Coca-Cola and Starwood Hotels. And basically I woke up one day and I said, like, you know, I'm working for all these uh, material things that honestly aren't that important to me. And what I really want to do with my life is I want to travel. I've always wanted to travel. And because I've always put all my focus into work and, and um, being successful in and, and my education and, and my job, I've never like taken the time for myself to do the things that I wanted to do. I mean, I'd had a few trips out of the country, um, but, but not substantially to the level that I wanted to. You know, mm-hmm. I had two to three weeks, two weeks a year to go and um, do things um, to travel and it's just not enough time, It's not enough time to see all the places I wanted to see. And I just started I like also I guess there was a little bit of this, you know, I didn't want to wait until I was retirement age. I wanted to feel like be out there and be young and have the energy um to enjoy what I was seeing and what I was doing and really learn from learn from the world. Oh, absolutely.
0: So you said like t- before 2007 were you pretty happy with like your life trajectory? before this kind of like idea popped in your head?
1: You know, I've always, um, I've always had an, honestly, I've always had a struggle with the, with the, like, what life has told us we're supposed to do and what I internally felt like I was supposed to do, you know, like I thought I was supposed to already have children and be married. And, um, you know, like I, I had these expectations for myself and, um, But in, inside of me, I, I, I felt like I didn't, I, I somehow I knew I didn't have to do those things, even though it was like in my brain, it was saying, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. I was like secretly fighting some of that Mm -hmm. stuff. So I, I would never say that I was like disappointed with my life, but I think sometimes I was a lot, like a lot of women. I know I was really focused on like timelines and I had set Mm -hmm. goals for myself, um, based on where I should be in my life and and some of those things weren't weren't being met you know
0: yeah no absolutely and so you know that like you said that's hard when you're not meeting those timelines and you're like well wait am i weird am i wrong what am i doing wrong <laughs> exactly. i'm not doing that. Yeah. All my friends are married or having kids and you're like <laughs> but do i even want that i don't even know that that's what i want for my life um yeah so that feeling you know so that was you know 2017 maybe you saw a different way your life could be like, maybe do I want more out of this? And then you moved to Austin in 2014. Is that correct?
1: Um, I actually moved to Austin in 2012. In the beginning of 2012, yeah, to take a job there. Um, (laughs) And in my true spirit, I had been there for like two days and I fell in love with the city and i just sort of made it my goal that i wanted to move to the city and so um i guess six months later or so i ended up moving to the city which was and changing jobs but i went back to my old company so it was like a it was a good little like landing spot and comfort zone and honestly holly it ended up being my favorite job i've ever had in my life Mm -hmm. Um, my favorite city i've ever lived my favorite group of friends um, I lived in a great apartment building when I first got there. Then I, I ended up buying a great house later. I loved my neighborhood. I mean, my life was really at its highest point when I was in Austin and made the decision that I wanted to, um, that it was time for me to get out and do the things that I had been thinking about for a long time.
0: Oh, wow. And I, I love that you say that because I think a lot of times people run from things, but you, like you, you had a great life. You had no complaints really about... Your life at that time is that
1: right yeah i would say you know the only thing i would say is i was doing i was uh i was very active socially and at some points i felt um you know like a lot of a lot of social pressures um Mm -hmm. and not that that's a a negative thing but i definitely felt that um you know getting out into the world was going to have a little bit of less of that situation like i wanted to slow my life down i felt like it was just going too fast um, which may sound co- like, may sound counterintuitive, but honestly, my life is so much slower now than it used to be. And I feel so much less of that social pressure to like be something, do something, go out, be here, be there. Um, it's, <laughs> you wouldn't expect that, but it is, it, there's so much less of that when you, when you do something like what I'm doing.
0: Do you, um, is part of that just the cultures you're in, or that you have kind of shut out the noise of those expectations, or what? what what's kind of the key for yeah, that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because I think um, noise is one of the best words that you could have possibly picked for that. Because I think um, so. I you know I live out of a pretty much a suitcase these days for for three years now. I left Austin in May 17 to head for Europe. And I've only been home for a short one time to the U.S. for a, a short um, a short time uh, to see my family and my home and everything. But you know, um, I live out of a suitcase. I don't have all the clutter of life that I had before. And by clutter, I'm I'm talking about two different things. I'm talking about the clutter of like your actual physical things, mm-hmm. and then the clutter that that causes in your mind. Right? So. Mm-hmm. You know, the less clutter you have around you, the more clear your mind is, um, and the more you can simplify your life. The more you can focus on things that matter, things that matter to you, and and so I think um, I think really it's it's related to it's sort of it's all of those things. It's like it's I feel less social pressure, pressures to go out and do things. I make friends along the way, but I kind of do it at my own speed. Um, and then also there's just like less, I don't have the, I'm not necessarily in the cultural norms of wherever I go. I'm a little bit, I don't have to succumb to those.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause you're probably always kind of like the outsider, right? Right. Like whatever country you go, you're the visitor, wherever
1: you're going. No, outsider is a great word because it's true. It's like, we are the outsider. So we can go, I can go and I can observe the culture and I can enjoy the culture and, um, absorb it and help. And, you know, and I am a, I'm, I'm really into like responsible tourism and we can talk more about that later. But, mm-hmm. but, um, as a, you know, as a responsible tourist, I, I, I kind of follow that saying of like, um, leave only footprints. Like I, I try not to, I I don't take things with me and I try to like not leave anything behind as much as I possibly can. Um, But for sure you're, you're learning and you're meeting people and you're observing, but there's no social pressure for you to do the cultures of that, of that place. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's an interesting way to look at it. And I never really thought about that piece of it. Do you, does that bring up kind of loneliness because you don't feel like you're part of that culture?
1: I mean, surprisingly, no, it doesn't actually. Um, I, so another thing about me before I was in third grade, I went to, it was eight different schools. So I had really learned how to be a stranger, um, make friends and, and make myself feel, feel comfortable in those environments. And again, it's a great skill that I think I have now for traveling because, um, I, I always, I make an effort to make friends. Some of them are expats. Some of them are locals and spend time with those people. Um, when I, you know, when, when the time is right for me, like I spend a lot more time to myself by choice. Um, But, but I, I, I honestly don't often feel lonely. The only time I I get feelings of loneliness is sometimes when I think about, um, sort of like the family and friends that are back, back in the States and that I don't get Mm -hmm. to spend as much time with. And sometimes it's more like that FOMO, (laughs) right? Like, you know, my brother's having babies and I want to see, you know, I want to be a part of their lives and, and I still manage to do that in small ways, but, um, But yeah, everything in life is a choice, you know?
0: Yeah. No, like you said, I love that you said you have the feelings of loneliness, that you're not a lonely, I'm a big believer in that we feel our emotions. We aren't our emotions. um, So you can have a fleeting moment of feeling loneliness, but. And it's funny because they probably are having FOMO of what you're doing over over in Turkey.
1: It's really funny because I get comments from people all the time, like even random people I don't know on social media, like saying, It's really inspiring what you're doing, like I wish I was doing what you're doing, you know? And I always think like everybody's life has something really wonderful about it, right? Like I could mm. look at them and say the same thing, which I generally bounce it back to them and say, look at you, you're a wonderful mom of like beautiful girls. And mm-hmm. like, I, I always thought that that would be my life. And, you know, it's great. Like you're doing what I thought I wanted to do. So it's, you know, we all, everybody's life has something beautiful, just like every country that I visit. It's hard to say what my people ask a lot, like, what's your favorite country or what's your favorite place you've been? And I'm like, it's hard to say there's, sometimes there's a lot of like boxes being checked, but, but you can find beauty in any lifestyle. You can find beauty in any location, you know, that it's, it's what you're, it's how you're looking at things. Mm
0: -hmm. And has, from when you started out, you know, May, what, almost three years ago to now, have you, Mm -hmm. how's your perspective changed on travel?
1: Uh yeah, you know, um I was really naive when I started out. <laughs> Um, I, I thought there was a couple of myths that, you know, I didn't. So first of all, this is crazy knowing that I did human resources for 20 years. I knew that you had to have a visa to work in a location, but it never really dawned on me that I had like a time limit or I had to obtain a visa just to even like be in a country or stay in a country for a certain amount of time. Um, and so I remember like. Um, so when I first started traveling, I, I started out with a travel group, like an organized travel group and, and it really, that style of traveling really wasn't for me, but I, I did a couple of months with that and I, I jokingly call it my orientation because I learned so much by being with that group of like, sort of a, an internal checklist of things you need to do when you arrive and, and the research you need to do beforehand and stuff like that. But um, I would say that I, my first real like taste of it was, you know, oh, we had to leave um, Berlin because we were, we were our Schengen, we had 90 days in the mm-hmm. Schengen zone. And, and I was totally like, what? I don't even, this is so foreign, this concept to me, right? Because I'd only had two weeks vacation my entire life every year. So you've
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know I was like, so baffled by this, you know? And so um, I mean, I, I've learned a lot of little things about that along the way, like also traveling with friends. And I, you know, I had a boyfriend for a little while um, from a country that doesn't have as many um, perks in their passport as as we do as U.S. citizens. And um, I learned a lot about that process. There's it's it's un- life like the world is an unfair place. Number one, um, I would say that I learned a lot about like the just the how to travel like how to travel on a budget so i was sort of not in that mindset either in the beginning like i wasn't really watching how i was spending and and stuff so i've learned the the budgetary processes of travel which when you're on a budget and travel actually um to me it brings me a lot more joy because i end up traveling more like a local than a tourist Mm mm-hmm and and really, that was my goal with traveling. Is I've always um, I've always really had an interest in people and learning about people and, and cult- different cultures and history and art, and I love those things. And so, um, if you basically are traveling and you're you're just sta- spending time in luxury resorts, and there's a time and a place for that. I'm not at all saying that that's a bad thing, but you really aren't experiencing what it's like to be in that country, right? So. For me, when I have to travel on a budget, that means I'm finding local restaurants to eat in. I'm getting an apartment or, you know, a place like in a neighborhood normally. And I'm, I'm going, I'm finding the bakery and the butcher and the vegetable stand and I'm shopping in local markets and stuff like that. Um, so that's like, it, it brings me a lot of joy because it's, it really is, it's getting, it's what I wanted out of travel is, is to live more like a local Um, so I would say I learned that there are two very different ways. I'm sure there's more than two, but in my mind, there's two really different ways to travel, um, like a local or more like a tourist. Mm -hmm. And then I would say I've also become a lot more, um, conscious of my carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I try as often as I can to take, um, public transportation, um, or to share transportation Um, to walk as many places as I can. Um, Even if I, um, if I have to fly, I I try to stay, um, I try to make them shorter flights, like stay closer to where I am as I'm like mapping out my journeys to, to try to stay closer Um, and little things like recycling, composting, um, trying not to like having my own bottle. I carry around, my own silverware. (laughs) So if I go to a market, I don't have to use plastic silverware, little things like that, because I think it's important. And also um, something that I learned in Austin that I've carried forward is, is um, like buying local and shopping local. So, you know, if there's a Starbucks in Thailand, like I'm not going to go to that Starbucks, I'm going to go to the, the locally owned sort of like mom and pop coffee shop, and the same thing with purchasing, you know, like if I'm trying to find, if I need a pot or pan for the house or something, like trying to find the more local stores than going to the big chain department stores. Cause I think it's important as a tourist to support whatever economy that you're in um, more locally. You know? Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. And is that stuff that's kind of developed is, I mean, you said you'd kind of change your travel, like at first you weren't really worried about your budget as much has that just kind of grown since your time? Like how much, you know, you kind of talked about responsible tourism. Has that kind of just grown along the way for you? For sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, I think it's a, a direct, um, product of my, like everywhere I go, I make an effort to at least, you know, make a small handful of, um, local friends, um, or local contacts that, and most of them I'm still, you know, still in contact with. And I think like as I've gotten to know the countries and their um, and their culture and their their processes and their people, like it mattered, it mattered more to me to not be one of those people mm-hmm. who just came in and like, you know, left a mark, a negative mark, because there's a lot of talk about it. And I see I witness it myself and it really it's something that really bothers me you know, seeing people just taking taking uh, advantage of of other people's um, countries and kind of like not treating the locals very nicely. And those things are, those things really bother me a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, my, it's, you know, it's almost like you're, um, every place you go, and we'll get into kind of where all you've been, but it's you're creating little mini homes for yourself. So you're treating it as a home, not just a drop-in-the-hat destination, I'm going to go stay in for three months.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to look at it because um, I definitely – like, because you put yourself in more of that local situation, people are always laughing at me because I'll change my status on Facebook. Like I moved to, you know, to me, I'm sorry, if I live in, if I'm in Mexico in an apartment for two months, I lived in Mexico for two months. (laughs) Like if I'm in Istanbul in, in an apartment, well, I don't know if it counts now that I'm just basically staring out of a window, but, uh, for three months then I lived in Istanbul. So, um, but it's, it is, it's an approach. Like it's not, I don't take a tourist approach. I take a, as much of a local as possible, I'll never be, I'll never be a local, you know, but I take as much of a local approach as I possibly can. And it works for me. Like people, people notice the difference. People are absolutely thrilled when you're, when you want to try their, their foods, which, you know, you know, me, you know, food is a huge part Mm -hmm. of my life. And, and honestly, food is the, is by, by far the easiest way for me to like, tap into um learning real stories like real people stories real uh, making real friends because everybody eats everybody you know if you're sitting around a table you're you're sort of like in a captive situation you can talk you can have lengthy conversations you get to know each other you get to learn about the culture the religion the history of places um and so it's really like, it's a vehicle for that, but also just, I just, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy tasting new tastes and and flavors and and learning. I learn a lot through food, like some, like I'll give you an example. When I was living in Berlin, I was in um, <clears throat> a neighborhood that was amazing and New Koln it's called. And it was, um, there were a lot of Turkish people there. And so um, I was really curious why, why. So, you know, I started researching and found out like the history, like after World War II, um, the Turkish people came to Berlin to help rebuild the city after the war. Right. So they had kind of like migrated to this part of the city. And so there are all these like little places where you can get Turkish tea and Turkish food Mm -hmm. and they have Turkish market twice a week. And, but it's like, you learn those things through food. I never would have researched that had it not been, for, for those, those things that I noticed, you know, um, but yeah, anyway, I I learned a lot. I also learned it's really hard to work on the road. It's very hard to work on the road. Like you have to have a lot of, um, a lot of discipline. Um, but I also learned that you can get by with less, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense.
0: Well, and how was that adjustment? Because, I mean, you'd kind of, I don't think I'm <laughs> out of line for saying this, but you had no. a nice
1: house, you did well, you had a nice
0: car, you probably, you know, ate out. What, yeah. was, what was that transition like to where it was more existing on less? What was that like for you?
1: So... Honestly, I had sort of started that process when I, um, when I was in the States, I gave up my car. I haven't had a car in a really long time. I gave up my car and I was, I had gotten an apartment where I could walk to work when I first moved to Austin. And when I got my house, it was a little bit further, but I was still, I was hopping on the bus. I was walking. I was, sometimes I had to take Uber, um, you know, (laughs) if I was late for a meeting, but I, I mean, I really like, I started that process and I, I started to let go. I started to like, um, realize that when I had that awakening and I didn't know what to do about it yet, I started let, letting go of things so slowly, gradually. And and honestly, it's one of the, it's one of the first pieces of advice that I give people when they ask me, like, I, I don't know, I'm interested in that lifestyle, but how do I know? And I was like, well, you know, I always say start giving up things because mm-hmm. you're going to travel with a suitcase. like the more you have, the more you will hate it. You'll be like, this is so heavy. It's like the worst on travel days, you know? And so if, if you, if you can give things up and you're okay living that lifestyle, then this could possibly be a lifestyle for you. And it's, it's not just, it's like symbolic of a lot of things, right? You give up a lot of things to be here. It's not just your, I'm not just talking about physical things, but physical things are a good sort of introduction into that lifestyle. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, it hasn't, it hasn't been that hard for me. Surprisingly, I, um, I started it, like I said before, and gradually as I've, you know, I can think about myself, old, old Jessica going to Bali would want to buy every like straw bag and, you know, (laughs) cute dress that she saw, but new Jessica just takes pictures (laughs) and buys what she needs. So if, if I have a, you know I have one dress in my bag that is is has is torn or it's gotten old and I want to get rid of it. Well, guess what I get to buy a new dress in Bali. That's exciting, but you're always thinking about sort of like one in one out mm-hmm. mentality, and it's kind of like that for you it spreads it's hard to explain, but that spreads into your life in a positive way because you I think in the u s um we are really. It's, I, I do believe the millennial generation is getting away from this and I'm very happy about it, but the, we are taught to accumulate, like our stuff is so important and we need this material, material stuff to feel like we're doing a good job. It's like a validation, right? And so when you start to let go of your things, you let go of your mental things too, if that, Absolutely. if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. I know it's the theme. I keep talking about that, right?
0: (laughs) No, it makes perfect sense. It just, well, it's funny because, you know, we moved to Norway in January and we left our house at a time. We we did bring some stove over here, not a ton, but it's like, it's going to be so surreal to go home in a year, whatever that looks like and be like, we did without all of this for a year
1: yeah so what do you do i mean in that case you do
0: we need it now
1: do we want this
0: (laughs) stuff so it's been it's an i can't even imagine like with you what you've seen just kind of slowly start shedding all this weight of stuff that we carry around
1: yeah and i mean honestly like i said when you start shedding the physical weight you start also like thinking through some of the the other things in your life like do i need this in my life like do i need this like relationship in my life if Mm -hmm. it's not um it's if it's not like mm, i don't want to say benefiting because that's the wrong word but like if it's not um uh, i don't i don't know what what am i what word am i looking for like i probably use this word too much
0: but is it serving you
1: well (laughs) yeah i guess you could say serving you well um i still think that sounds it's like, I'm just trying to say that it's, it's like, okay, when I have two huge bags, which by the way, I will admit to this, when I went home to Austin, I did shopping in my own closet because I knew that Turkey was cold and I have been spending um, a lot of time in countries, hallelujah, where they're like islands and they're like warm and it's like beaches and, you know, summer, eternal summer. (laughs) So I needed some additional clothes and I knew I was gonna be here for a while, but I also like knew that I was gonna throw away uh, one of those suitcases before I leave Istanbul. And that would include like donating the clothes that I no longer need, because I definitely wanna go back to a warmer climate (laughs) after this, Um, but anyway, so, it's like, it's that same thing where you're looking at all those things in your life and saying like, do I really need this? Do I need this? Yes. Okay. Is it serving me? That's a good way Is Is it serving me? Is this job serving me? Is this relationship serving me? Like whatever it is, you start to think about those things. And, um, and I will say that, um, oh man, I just lost my train of thought because I was going to, I was going to tell you something that was, wait, it was in my brain. Um, Oh, I was going to say that another thing, I think, um, it's a myth that a lot of people have is that, um, because, okay. You are like, you're in a job that you cannot stand. Let's say this scenario and you, you have your two week vacation planned in Bali and you, you fly to Bali and all your problems go away and you're the happiest person and you meet all these people and you're like, you know, you're socially like, killing it and it's amazing and everything but then you go back home and like you're right you're back to where to who you are you know and so given the fact that the travel like long term isn't a vacation Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for people to understand that the problems that you had in whatever life that you were in you know whatever was affecting you in that life it affects you in this life. And sometimes it can actually magnify because if you were lonely in the old life and you're, you know, if you're not making efforts to make friends and connect with people, it will be magnified when you go overseas to a place where maybe you don't speak the language, you don't understand the culture, like, like those types of things. So I, you know, I encourage people to think about some of those things too, before they come into a lifestyle like this, because you need to be, um, you need to be aware that those things, it's not like a vacation. Those things aren't going to go away. They're per it's permanent. So you have to deal with those. And like I was saying, when you get rid of stuff, you can start sort of working on some of those things too. And, and sort of adapting to with some of those things, but you need to be self-aware before you, before you make a decision like this, you know?
0: Oh, absolutely. Was this, um, now that you're three years in, was this a, was this, harder experience or easier, or maybe that's kind of a hard question to answer, but
1: you mean then my old life or
0: maybe just the experience, what your expectations, I guess, like your expectations of this versus reality.
1: Um, so I, maybe I feel a little bit fortunate on this because I, I love this life. I, I, I don't I don't know when I will want to give it up. You know, I don't, I don't know that if there's going to be some sort of trigger that makes me decide that it's time, you know, time to give up, give up this lifestyle, but I, I don't know. I enjoy it. I have more control over my time. I have more control over what I do. Um, I, I like that. I like that feeling of control for, for myself. Like I don't have to get up and go into an office every morning. Now, like, I still have to do things I don't want to do because, you know, like that all doesn't go away. Like, I still have to do my laundry. I still, you know, I still have to make a living. So, like, I still have to sometimes do things that aren't my favorite, although I do a lot less of that than I used to. Um, but I would say that um, to me, although it's different challenges, it's, you know, there there are challenges, but I find it, I find all the most of the challenges in in this life are in within my are within my control does that make sense
0: yeah no absolutely and you kind of like you said there's always going to be challenges no matter where you go and responsibility so it's kind of weighing how is it worth it for the joy and the experience you're having yeah because offset by all of the other stuff
1: well for sure like the challenges are there they're they're just really different right like like I've been studying Turkish since I got here in Istanbul and wow, it's such a hard language. Um, but I, when I was in, um, I actually, I, I've always learned like, hello, thank you. And a few like food words. Cause if you're shopping in the grocery store, you're going out to restaurants, you're, you're inevitably going to learn some of those words. Right. Um, but I, I haven't made like a huge effort to really learn another language and I will, because English is really, um, It's really pretty widely spoken around the world these days. But I spent two months in Mexico in the beginning of the year, and I was surprised because there's not as much um, English spoken in Mexico. And I have a pretty good basis of Spanish given the time that I spent in living in Miami. So I got a lot of joy out of that, actually. That was like an aha moment for me almost three years in, right? was like, I should really try to learn some of the local language because more, more of the local language. I always do some, and you can always see the, like the excitement on the local people's faces when you say something to them and in their own language. And it it does help to like create those, those exciting, more exciting moments for sure. Um, But when I was almost able to like hold full on conversations with people in Spanish, it was really exciting. It was, it was a, a new adventure, a new different adventure. But my point of all that was um, the challenges of going to a new city. You have to um, you have to learn where's your grocery store. Where where are you gonna eat? Uh, I love that I went right to the food. Um, where, <laughs> like if you got sick, where would you seek treatment? Right? Like where can mm-hmm. how? What about the language? Like, what about the visa rules? What What are another important thing? What are the common um, crimes in whatever country that you're that you're in to keep yourself like protected from those types of situations? So, yeah, there's like challenges, right? You know, if I have a complicated situation and I'm trying to, you know, say I needed to go to the doctor in a foreign country, if you if the doctor doesn't speak English, trying to communicate with the doctor can be really challenging, but It's just, they're just new and different challenges, which I like, but not everybody would. Right. How,
0: um, I mean, how confident were you? Like, how did you know you would be a good fit for this lifestyle when you started thinking
1: through it? Sure. So, um, I mean, being in, in, I I started in hospitality. Um, I've been working in hospitality retail before that. So I, I started working in restaurants when I was really young, and I would say I've always had a really good knack for connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that sounds really cliche, but but I, I always I, I always made fast friends, and um, I was always really really curious about people, and um, and also in the business world when because I was in HR, I did so many of those like personality assessment types of things, and one of my biggest strengths is actually adaptability. Um, So I felt, I don't know, I just felt pretty comfortable. I've always, I always have this outlook like, oh, it's, I'll figure it out. I'm going to make it work. It's going to work. I'm going to, you know, and I do, you have to adapt your style quite often to wherever you are to make sure that you're, you feel okay. Like I can't go into, for instance, like, you know, if I'm in Morocco, it's like a, a very Muslim country. Like I can't walk around in like a short dress and, and like, that would be really inappropriate. So it's like, you you have to adapt yourself to the cultural norms of wherever you are. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Number one, for your own like safety, but also for your like, I feel mentally better in those scenarios where I feel like everyone's not just staring at me, (laughs) you know, I want to blend in as much as I possibly can um, with the local culture. And so I think like adaptability is a really important skill. Um, I had my my passport stolen in Cambodia Mm. and it was a really, it was a tough time. I felt really helpless at that time. And when I think back to the, to that, to that moment, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. It was, it was pretty early on in my travel journey. Um, You know, one of them, I was wearing like this very vibrantly colored dress that I had gotten in the market that like every other tourist was sort of wearing. (laughs) And two, I was, I was walking with my, my, my boyfriend and he was on the, normally he would be on the outside of me, but I was, I was going to go to the ATM. So I was on the outside and I didn't have my bag crossbody, and just like we don't normally carry passports and um, you know, there was like, it was like the perfect storm. So I would say I learned about a million lessons in that, in that case, and also like what to do in that scenario. Right. And like, and that, you know, every country is not like the U.S. <laughs> There's different processes um, when it comes to those things that you know, you, you're very, I was very enlightened. Let's, let's just say that.
0: You, you took it as a learning opportunity.
1: <laughs> I really did. And let me tell you, I adapted my style so much after that experience. But, um, but yeah, like, you know, really as silly as that sounds, making efforts to like, even your appearance, just blending in as much as you can with the locals, um, you know, I didn't realize that we were in Phnom Penh that um, the major crime in Phnom Penh was bag and phone snatching. So had I realized that, like, I might have been more thoughtful of, mm-hmm. of that. So that's why I say, you know, these are like little things that you learn along the way of like researching your destination, um, trying to, to blend in um, and adapt to the local culture. And even, like, you know, some of the things that we had to do didn't seem normal, didn't seem for my, from where I was coming from, didn't seem, oh, sorry about that, didn't seem normal for me. Like, um, you know, we had to, like, pay for police reports and things like that. It just, it was really different, um, a really different experience. Yeah,
0: that makes, that's interesting, because we, um, we were working uh, through Katie's company, they hired us a cultural coach for a couple of sessions when we moved here. And it was really great because she talked a lot about the culture, you know, that they're very standoffish. Norwegians typically um, just have their own circle of friends. They don't have new friends. So it's really hard to make friends with Norwegians, especially if you're not here for a long time. And so... It was great because she goes, it's not that they don't like you, it's just how their culture is. And for, and so I, you know, it's like, so really you're just managing my expectations of what to expect so that I'm not upset or offended. It's just how they are. And that was such a, it's like you said, researching what it's like. So you're not surprised or you're not offended. That's just how they do business or operate in a certain country.
1: Yeah. I mean, we all come with our own like personal set of like Mm -hmm. values and biases and, Um, you know, and it's like, it's important to, to understand that, like we as Americans are viewed by a lot of people in, in the world as being like overly friendly, like too, you know, like we're always apologizing, (laughs) things like that. And, and some people really, it's like it, it, they're put off by that. And I mean, you, you, we have to be who we are, Mm -hmm. but, but I think sometimes, like you said, if you can manage your expectations a little bit and be like, oh, it's not, it's not that they don't like me. It's just that they're there. They take longer mm-hmm. to like warm up to people or. right.
0: And I think it kind of takes cause I yeah. think a lot of people probably get a little judgmental when they're like, well, they're just rude. I'm like, no, that's just how they operate. Like it's not <laughs> personal. Yeah. Like, it's fine. And I love <laughs> that you kind of keep on tying everything back to just the approach that it seems like you've had. Cause I feel like there's probably people that could live in a country for a year and act like a tourist, or you could be there for two weeks and really live like a local. So it's, it Sounds like that's just really been your, one of your values is to really integrate like a local.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know that right off the bat. I, um, I told you, I started with one of those like organized, um, travel, like a remote work kind of travel mm-hmm. group. And the company that I was, that I went with is no longer, um, in business, but, Essentially, it's like they organize, you pay them a flat fee every month, they organize an apartment, your transportation, your, your flights, you know, then there's usually a couple of events um, a month, but you're traveling with a really large group of people, generally like 40 to 60 people, most of them end up coming from America, you know, there was probably 10% of the population that were from other countries in our group. But I realized that what I was doing was essentially picking up Austin mm-hmm. or whatever and dropping it in—I don't know—Berlin, uh, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, and one of the big mistakes that that um, that I see people making with this lifestyle is um, is getting really heavily into the party part of it because. Um, I I know like, you know, especially younger, like I'm a little bit older, so maybe that I'm a little bit more exempt from that. But, um, but I, I just like, they were, everybody was just, they were together. It was like, they weren't meeting local people. They weren't really integrating into the culture. It was like, it was just, I, I, you might as well not even leave, leave the country with that sort of mindset. Mm -hmm. And maybe I needed to go through that, through that process to, to realize more. I mean, I've definitely evolved and adapted to what my, my life, my approach is. Like you said, like I, I'm pretty clear on it now, but it took time to know what was important to me in this journey. Yeah.
0: And that's probably nothing you could ever plan because you don't know what you don't know either till you get there. Right. Like,
1: that's not something. That could be a really good theme of my whole entire three <laughs> years. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, it's so true. Like you, you don't know. Like we, we think of ignorance as a bad word in in our culture, but it's ignorance is real. It's like I don't. You don't. If you don't know it, you don't know it. Like you can't help that. You, you have to just be um, observant and you know do your research and stuff like that. But there's nothing wrong with ignorance is, until like you continue it. Until you, know? you know better. You, <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean for me there's no excuse at this point right like i've been to so many different countries now that i have to i have to um show sensitivity to people different cultures you know better at this point no more. i do <laughs> darn it
0: <laughs> and so how many countries have you been in in the past or like kind of lived in in the past three years
1: oh goodness okay let me think about that um hmm a ball <laughs> okay are you gonna thing? laugh You're going to laugh because I think I have like a, yeah, no, not I think. I know. I have a spreadsheet.
0: (laughs) We can, I can add that in later. I'll add it into your intro. That's awesome. A spreadsheet. That's amazing.
1: Okay. I've been to like 30 countries, but let's see. Um, I've probably lived in maybe 20 of them by now. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, my lip. So I see lived as I've been there at least a month. That's my, I have to have like a little threshold, right? Okay.
0: I think that's fair. <laughs> I like that, a month. Yeah. Enough for you to need to find out whenever you grocery shop.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And then
0: what's your kind of, do you have a plan when you, like, what's your game plan? Are you just kind of going till you see ready to come? <laughs> or is, is there, do you even feel like Austin's home anymore? What's kind of your...
1: It's weird. It doesn't, I mean, it's weird because I feel definitely mentally connected to Austin still. I'm very, um, I still have my house there and I rent it out. So I'm like, you know, I'm very connected to the people in the food community that I was connected to before. And um, I still keep in touch with my friends and I'm very, I I guess it still feels like quote home, but the world feels more like my home for now. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to give up those, those friendships, um, but I probably won't I probably won't live there again. Um, I, my ultimate, I do have an ultimate goal, but again, this is something that's developed more over the last couple of years. It wasn't what I initially set out to do, which is another important thing before I say that is that um, you have to, in this lifestyle, you have to roll with, you have to roll with it, right? Like, like how I thought things were going to work and how they are actually working is hugely different. And had I been really rigid in my thinking, I wouldn't have been able to adapt to some of those things and like, and move into those, into those things to make them work for me. Like um, just lifestyle things like making money for instance, or um, how I thought, what how I thought I would live, how I thought I would travel, how the countries I thought I would visit, you know, like you, once you start learning, you have to kind of, change and adapt Mm -hmm. just like anything in life right it's like you'll be dead in the water if you don't um, if you don't move move the needle move it forward because complacency is dangerous i really complacency is dangerous which is why part of the reason why i think i i did make the decision to leave that lifestyle Mm -hmm. behind um but yeah so my ultimate goal back to that is i want to own um I, i spent most of my life in hospitality and i love it and i want to own um a bed and breakfast or like a large home that has some um s- like detached rooms so something small not more than like 8 to 10 probably more like 8 <laughs> <laughs> um people that i can host um i really enjoy getting to know a city i i explore it like you know very voraciously and Um, and I learn as much as I can and I want to, um, I want to be able to share those things. Like, you know, if it's like, oh, so I'm getting my dual citizenship in Italy right now, um, which is, I know Italy's going through a lot right now. It's very sad, but, um, but I could, you know, see myself possibly living in, in Italy someday and having a place there and really getting to know the culture and the town of where I live and, and being able to really personalize someone's service when they come and stay in my place.
0: That's so exciting.
1: Have you- Yeah, I don't know if it'll be there, but but for sure that's kind of what I'm doing now is looking for where it's going to be.
0: <laughs> what, what do you have a time frame on that? Or are you kind of just open to see how it all goes?
1: I think my time frame in my in my head is like 5 5 to 7 years from now. However, like as I've been kind of saying all the way through, I'm very I'm open, right? If like tomorrow um, that opportunity fell in my lap and everything seemed right and felt right, I would put that plan into action to make it happen. Um, I mean, but my sort of, my mental where I am right now is I want to keep traveling for a little while. There's a lot of things that go into that, right? If you're going to own property somewhere, there's, um, you are you're, you become more susceptible. Um, or you're no longer exempt from some of that mm-hmm. stuff we talked about before right? So you have to be ready to buy into all of that when you make that decision. Right.
0: Do you have, have you thought about a name for what your B would be?
1: No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's a great question. But I honestly, because for me, I think it's going to depend a lot on where it is. Yeah. Well,
0: I love that you're open right, to I'll, it.
1: Yeah, because I want to, like me, like I want to, I want it to feel really, um, as local as it can mm-hmm. you know it's like important to me when i travel to feel as local as i can and i want my b and b or whatever we're going to call it to be as um to be that same model and so the people that would come and stay with me would really have the same mindset that i do about travel mm-hmm. right they would be i mean i'm not i Believe me, I worked in luxury hotels for a good chunk of my life, and I love them. Um, and I think again, there's like a time and a place for them. To me, they're like vacation. That's that's like um, it's just not my it's not my real life, you know. And for people who are really interested in learning more about a culture and experiencing what it's really like to live in a place, would those are the kind of target audience people that I would be going after?
0: Kind of attract the type of people that are wanting to. Have your same travel approach. Sounds
1: like yeah. Yeah, and you know, offer like different experiences too. Like, hey, tonight we're going to go out and we're gonna um, we're gonna hit up some street, some of my favorite street food stalls. And um, tomorrow we have um, little cute Italian nana coming to teach you how to make pasta, or you know, whatever. Like of the place that I'm in, I would want people to get really authentic experiences mm-hmm. and able to have those um through those experiences you you have the most valuable conversations with people because you again they're they're spending you're captive at a dinner table like they have to you can't just like pass someone and be like hi hi you know you're sitting there you're enjoying a meal you're cooking with someone or whatever you have the time to talk to them to ask them questions to show your curiosity and when you show when you show your curiosity it's amazing how people light mm-hmm. up you know
0: i love that one of my favorite experiences we were in spain on um, thanksgiving and we went to a guy's house and he made paella we went to the market and we had paella at his house and it was just so lovely
1: yeah i mean
0: of, you know learning about the culture from somebody who lives it every day
1: yeah it's so i i, I definitely walk away like feeling re-energized from those, even when they're small, even when I don't have, don't get as much time, like a small and meaningful, um, experience with a local person is like, it's my fuel, you know, it like lights me up for the next week, um, to be able to keep going. Cause I, I just love that stuff. And I've, you know, on my Instagram and stuff, I've, I've tried to highlight a lot of those, um, scenarios that I've had with local people. Um, just that, that have, that motivate me. Um, and, and I think, um, those, those times of being circling around that food, like you really have the time to just to ask, to learn. It's amazing.
0: And it really is like the ultimate, like, um, like i don't a societal equalizer would be the, I don't even know if that's the correct word, but it doesn't really matter matter your gender, where you're from, how much money you make, like everybody
1: sitting at the table is kind of equal, just combined with a love for food. Yeah, it's so much fun. It really, I mean, I, I, one of my most enjoyable moments in Mexico this, this year was, I was in Oaxaca and I went to this, um, it's called Pastillo de Humo, de and it's like a, that literally means like smoky hall and there were. Um, you basically walk down this hall and there's just like hanging meats everywhere (laughs) and no one told me what to do. So I was like a little bit overwhelmed at first because everyone was like, hey lady, hey lady, you know, or in Spanish. But so I'm like, um, I eventually stop and I, I talk to these guys and I pick out some meat and they make it for me. And then all of a sudden like I'm at the table and all these things are being brought to me and then they put me at a communal table with all these other um, local families and I you know like I got to sit there and just like talk to them and I ended up like in the corner it was these really long booths and I ended up in the corner so I couldn't (laughs) move anyway I was stuck there for like an hour but it was amazing I was eating all this it was one of my favorite meals too it was just so simple like beautiful grilled Uh meat and like tortillas and fresh salsas and fresh vegetables grilled and it was like so much fun and I was interacting with all these like parents and kids and families and it's just little things like that that really, you know, keep me going. Oh, that
0: sounds lovely. That's probably, you, I bet you could like, the, a smell could bring you back to that moment.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's probably still in my clothes.
0: <laughs> in your dress <laughs> that you need to get rid of. Yeah. I, I, we would, we yeah. are doing a disservice if we didn't talk a little bit about or any advice you would have on how somebody could um, what advice would you give for somebody who would maybe want to make a move like this? Because we didn't really talk much about, like, your decision and what that was like. But I do know that you said you had a really good plan in place, and there's a lot of responsibility about your decision.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think a couple of pieces of advice that I would offer, like, really practical advice would be um, that, I think I I touched on this briefly earlier about like starting to let go of your material things and see how you feel about that. Um, Because this lifestyle doesn't allow you to accumulate a lot of things. Like you just, you just, it's impossible, Mm -hmm. honestly. I mean, in the beginning I was like sending, um, I wasn't buying a lot, but I was buying more and I would like send things back to the U S but it's, it's, you just, you can't keep doing that. It's not. And also you can't take, it's small things, right? Like you can, little tiny things, you can't like ship back a big, beautiful lantern from from Vietnam or something. It's just not going to work, right? So, um, you know, see how you feel about that. Um, make sure that you're being responsible, right? If you have like, um, if you're in a scenario, if you, if you ask yourself all these questions, like, are all of my responsibilities going to be covered? Like, you know, my parents are very young, so I don't have the aging parent situation. I don't have any children to take Mm -hmm. care of. I don't have a husband. I don't have, like, um, I have a house, but I have a friend who was, like, willing to um, work with me to help keep the house going. And, um, you know, I had saved some money. So there were, like, a lot of elements where I have a dog. My mother is watching my dog. Like, like, I miss her so Mm. much. It's like my one, it's one of my biggest, um, I wish she was with me. It's like, what it's, I want to say a regret, but it's definitely something I wish I could change about the process. Um, but yeah, like make sure that your responsibilities in life are covered. Don't just like jump up and run away from life and, and like leave things behind because it'll always weigh you down mentally. You'll always be thinking about the responsibilities that you're not taking care Mm. of. And and um, and I think that's how people get into like problems with alcohol and you know drinking a lot or using drugs and things like as they're traveling and and that just takes away you're not you're not really you're not really learning you're not you're not doing the things that you should be doing when you're when you're traveling and I think the other piece of advice is um, I think I touched on this earlier too like problems don't go away so. Like if you're in a really good place in your life and you're thinking about this decision, then it's for you know it's more for you than the person who's like my life sucks I hate this I hate my job I hate this I hate this Um, I mean there's I am all for making positive changes but you shouldn't like it's not a way to run away from from things you know you need to start slowly like if you think that you don't like your job then change your job. If you think that you want to travel, then change your job and get a remote job, right? Like focus, put your focus on doing something that will be able to sustain you on the road. Mm -hmm. Do your research, make sure that you're ready. Because the last thing you want to do is like come over here and have to worry about finances and money, which I have been in that situation because when my passport got stolen, it put me in a little bit of a bad, I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't going to starve, but definitely I had to scale back my spending and put myself on more of a budget. And, and, but that's where I was saying I started to find some of the joy in some of those things. So, you know, ask yourself, like, what's your travel style? What, what do you want to do? What's your outcome? What's your desired outcome? Just like anything in life, you know, what's your goal?
0: Yeah, it's really kind of like you've talked about earlier. It's really being self-aware on what you're good at. What you're taking over with what baggage, literally and physic, literally and uh, physically, what you're taking over, or what's the word, literally and metaphor. Um. Anyways, blah, I
1: don't Yeah, know. we can yeah, say that. Whatever, whatever. I'll it for inside, but, Um. No, but it's both. so yeah. true. Yeah. You really self awareness is probably like the 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 best word to sum all of that up because you know, I, I don't know, you're making me want to write a blog post on it or something like I, I feel like you there's like this mental checklist that you have to be asking yourself, like, am I running away from things? Am I mentally stable? Am I financially stable? What? How are my responsibilities? How do I? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Because I could tell you that if adaptability was my weakness, I would be a miserable person right now mm-hmm. <laughs> because my life is full of adaptation. I say that I have more control, but there are definitely like I relinquish all control on travel days, for instance, because something, you know, ninety percent of the time, something is not going to go the way that you planned it on travel day. It's just the way it goes. It, it's
0: almost like when it happens, you're like, okay, good, there it is. Maybe that will be it. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe not. That's it. <laughs> Hopefully, Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, no, and I. <laughs>
1: Yeah. The last time go ahead. I was going to say the last time I, um, when I was in, um, Mexico, I went to, to, I was flying from Oaxaca back to Mexico city and here I am at the counter and they can't Mm -hmm. find my flight. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's happening? Well, don't you know that I bought my, my flight ticket for March instead of February. Mm. So the adaptable person in me was like, okay, no problem. I'm going to go sit down for a minute with my computer, get online, figure out what to do. And I ended up taking a bus back to Mexico city for, you know, a a fraction of the price of what it would have cost me to change a flight or buy a new flight. But yeah, those are things like, like that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like if my personality was so rigid, imagine the different way that I would have acted in that scenario as opposed to like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: what I ended up doing and you just have to be prepared for that kind of stuff because you walk into a place, like I walked into Istanbul thinking I was gonna explore and ride in, on the Bosphorus and do all these things. And I'm not, I'm, I'm stuck in an apartment right now yeah. because of a pandemic, but it's like,
0: well, it's,
1: you just have to be yeah, flexible. Yeah, like
0: flexibility we kind of talk too is like managing your expectations, I think is always key. Like if you're going into this, expecting it to be wonderful, but you're a miserable person, you have a ton of debt, and you want everything to be perfect. like it's not gonna be a great experience for you.
1: It's not gonna be perfect. And honestly, like it's part of our us culture. Um, and i I hope I don't I don't want this to be offensive, but but you know, around the world, like us people have a um, reputation of being a little bit like that. like they want things to be exactly the way that they want them to be they're they're not as like, they're not as flexible to how, you know, it's like, well, this is not the way we do it in Bali or this is not the way we do it in Mm -hmm. Turkey. Like you, you have to be a little bit more open-minded because for sure we have people see us that way. Like they're, they're nervous to, to try to please us in those types of situations because they know we can be very rigid in what we want. Right. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: Yeah. Like it's a, And it's interesting because I think you go. People can go to another country. Like if you, why even go if you expect it to be like it is in Texas? You know, then just don't go. Yeah. Uh, it's like well, our hotels are bigger in Texas. It's like well, you're in you're in Italy. Like <laughs> embrace it. Who cares? Like just go with it. Um, I know. Well, it has been so. I know. You know. Um. Time. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Talk right over you. No, no, no. Don't. No, it's okay. okay. It's okay. I was I was just going to say, you know, the one other thing that's really important is just to know that when you when you're out of sight, you know, like that saying out of sight, out of mind, um, you have to work a lot harder to to like maintain those relationships with your friends and family and Mm -hmm. stuff from from back with the relationships. And you may be surprised at the people that make efforts to stay in touch with you versus not. and so it's just like, that's another warning. Like it makes it harder for you to have those those relationships. So it's another another reason to not um, be sort of running away from whatever it is. It's
0: really like you yeah. have to think all encompassing look at your life from finances, to relationships, to responsibilities, to strengths and weaknesses and kind of gauge where you're at. <laughs>
1: Maybe. Maybe I'm less of a free spirit. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you probably put a lot of thought into it. And that's why it's been, sounds like a really good experience for you.
1: But it's totally different than what I expected it to be. I mean, the complete opposite of like what I expected is where I am now and what I'm doing. So, but I love it. That's the good part of it. I love it. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, it has been such a joy speaking with you and how, I know you do photography too. So how can people kind of keep up with you and your travels and sell your amazing photographs.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much. So I would say I do, I sell my work online. It's one of the ways that I share my, my journey with, um, with people and then kind of keep myself going financially. Um, I, I have a blog. I've, I haven't been a great blog writer lately, but my blog is called the dish stance and that's D I S H S T A N C E. Um, distance and then my photography is jessica Ferdano photo and that's um that's where you can find my like more professional stuff the stuff i sell and the stuff the work i do for others
0: i will add that in our notes as well
1: in instagram instagram okay yeah instagram is the best way because the in in instagram i have links to my websites and things like that so i think that's the best way I'm very visual.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that probably helps with your gorgeous photos. I can't even.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much and best wishes for everything to start turning the tide in Turkey for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I don't know about you, but I am ready to book some trips once we are out of this COVID-19 experience. And I was just so inspired by her her story in this. I want to close with two things that I thought were so key in our discussion. One, I want to talk about the courage it takes to make the decision she made. Um, It takes so much courage to change our life when it's going well. It's easy to want to make a change when life's not going well, when we're leaving a relationship, when we're changing jobs, um, you know, when our goals change. Like, it's easier to make a change, but it's a lot harder to make a big life change when things are going well. And that takes so much courage to really stop and Listen to what your heart wants, and your heart may be telling you, yeah, you're checking off all those boxes, but is that what you want? Is this what you want for your life? And so I just really commend her for trusting that, honoring it, and really going after it because, like I said, I think so often we make a change when it's not going well. Very often do we really stop and recalibrate and say, what is it I want? Am I doing what society tells me or am I doing what I want? So it just takes so much courage. And if this is you out there, I really encourage you to start looking at what that means. You don't have to make a huge decision, but really open your heart to say, is this really what I want or is this what society wants? And the other piece of it is I love that she talked about the baggage piece, um, said, you know, if you want, if you want this lifestyle, you need to start shedding your material belongings and see how you feel. And she talked about how, when you start to do that, it really opens up your mind and heart for new experiences. You feel less stress and it's not hanging on you. And I think that is so powerful about the baggage we carry with us, both material and just life stuff. And once we can start to shed that, it just, it frees up our capacity to envision what our life could be or to have those experiences because that clutter around us and our hearts and our heads, it takes up so much energy. And it really distracts us from figuring out what it is we want. I remember one time we um, we kind of redid our house. And we, we used to have two, like four shelves. And it had books on it and frames and quotes and just all that knickknack stuff, right? Like, ugh. And one day we were like, it's done. So we took it all down, took out our shelves. And it was so funny. My brother came in, you know, that at some point after that and looked around and he was like, I feel so much better in here. (laughs) You know, just that clutter, the distractions had made him like probably didn't even realize it until they were gone, had just made him feel a little antsy. So I think that's great. And I encourage you to look at your life. What is, what is feeling cluttery to you? Is it belongings? Is it responsibilities? Not that you can just totally disregard your responsibilities, but how can you start to work through cutting those back or, What is it that is distracting you from moving forward? What kind of baggage is that? And as a coach, I'm here to help you. If you would like support with either of those or anything else, I would love to hear from you. I am on fire to help anybody out there who wants something a little different for their life than society tells them and really I'm here to help you work through building that trust in yourself and creating a plan to go do it. So if this is you, please email me at holly at hollycrivo.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-K-R-I-V-O.com. And we will do a complimentary session to really start diving into this. You owe it to yourself to really look at what you want for your life. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this finds each and every one of you in a safe, sane place with everything going on. And always remember, I am rooting for you. Have a great day.